0: So, um, we actually are specifically not talking about a global cultural revolution at Uber. This is the wrong uh, title for the chat. We are talking about how you design a global product for a local audience. And I'm really glad to have here with us Jelle Prince, who is heading the design at Uber. Um, he's a true local uh, design guru, I can say. And um, so before we dive into the topic of design, I actually wonder how it all began for you. Um, you were the first employee at Uber, you worked on their very first prototype. Um, how did they find you in the first place? All right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. First of, I'm I'm not the head of design at Uber. I'm I'm a design manager. For me,
0: for me, you are yeah. <laughs> um,
1: specifically specifically here for for the Amsterdam office and actually for for the Bangalore office. Um, but how did it all get started? So, this is this is back in 2009, and you have to remember that this was the early stages of the iPhone. The iPhone was introduced in 2007. The App Store was launched in 2008. Um, And that's actually also, I I was still a student, but that's when I started designing and developing apps together with friends. Um, And this was just because we we saw that these apps were the next revolution, and we wanted to be a part of it. And so one of the first apps that we designed was iNap. It was a GPS alarm. It would wake you when you got near your destination. Um, And it got a huge amount of attention. Like any app in that point in time got a huge amount of attention. Um, literally every newspaper and magazine was writing about the, the new Gold rush, and so that app was featured in, in Wired magazine pretty proud of that. Uh, and that article was read by Garrett Kemp. And Garrett Kemp is the original founder of Uber, um, and he just sent me an email uh, at the beginning of 2009, very vague email uh, saying like, "Hey, I have an idea on how we uh, can build an app to revolutionize the taxi industry." Just like that. And back then I I got a lot of those kinds of emails and 99% of them were um, just really bad ideas and and actually that idea I I didn't know about. But um, he proposed to meet in New York and I actually had just arrived in New York. I I was studying at NYU. And so I thought, like, why not meet him? I don't know anybody in the city, why not meet him? And I actually had not Googled him before uh, and he was the original founder of StumbleUpon. He had sold it for 75 million. I thought I was just meeting a random guy. Um, and so we met at a Starbucks um, on Astor Place, middle of Manhattan. Um, and, and he just gave me this very basic vision of an app that you could use to order a taxi. Um, and you would actually see the car coming towards you. Uh, we might do payments. We might not. And, and back then, this was actually pretty revolutionary. Very few apps already had Google Maps, like we're using Google Maps. There was not a service that I could think about that was actually doing seamless payments like we are doing right now. But as we are sitting in that Starbucks, um, you could look out of the window and see like 50 different yellow caps. Um, And just walking outside, raising your hand would get you a taxi within minutes. So I was actually pretty skeptical of the idea um, I told him, like, why do we need an app for this? Um, but he told me, like, think about it. These are some other people that are involved. Tim Ferriss, um, Travis Kalanick that everybody knows now, Sean Fanning from Napster. And uh, so I went home, a few names ring a bell, but I started Googling them and I, I basically made the decision that it would be excited to work with these people. I did not, was not fully convinced of the idea
0: yet. No, well, you made a very good call. Yeah, I guess. And then, how were the first years or the first year at Uber? What did you work on?
1: Yeah, so this was super early stage for Uber. Um, it was basically three people. It was me, it was Garrett who was doing this part time, uh, and it was Oscar, uh, a friend of Garrett. And later on, I brought a friend from the Netherlands uh, to New York as well. Um, and it was all about just figuring out how does GPS work in a city like. Can we actually get a GPS fix as you're driving through Manhattan? Uh, do taxi drivers understand this? And I, I would literally have uh, paper prototypes, like designs on paper, and I would go into taxis and show them and ask them, like, what are you seeing here? Where would you tap? And they wouldn't get it at all. Um, but these were the yellow cap drivers. And as soon as we showed it to black cap drivers, we found that they were a bit more technically 7. Um, They all pulled out like Blackberry phones um, and they they obviously understood it. They gave us their cards and they were enthusiastic about it. And so that's when we found like, this is, we have something here. People are enthusiastic about it. Right. Yeah.
0: Cool. And um, so you left Uber then after, is that right? After a year or so, why did you leave? Yeah,
1: so I made a a stupid mistake. Um, I, I left Uber about, after year, year and a half, Um, and partly it was because it was not going fast enough for me. Um, It was still a prototype, we did not have any cars on the road, Um, I thought the prototype was ready, I I was ready to basically start testing it, launching it, Um, but for the rest this was still a side project. Um, And at the same time I was approached by Booking.com if I wanted to do their first step. Booking.com was a bit larger back then, um, much larger now. Um, and they basically wanted asked, asked me if I, as a, as a freelancer or with my company, wanted to design their first app. So that was a super exciting project that we worked on for about a year, and that kick-started my agency here in the Netherlands. So we built a design and development agency here. We um, about, were about 20 people, half freelance, half employees. Uh, built the first app for for Katawiki and quite a few others, but then a few years later. I got a call from from Twan um, Uber's CTO if I wanted to come back right. and and then uber offered to acquire my company okay, and Bring in my entire team to kickstart the Amsterdam engineering office where I still am today
0: right, so you basically were an entrepreneur you ran your own agency, mm-hmm. and then you started working at the tech company that bought your agency. Yeah. How was that like? How is that different for you? So, it was a so, good choice. Yeah.
1: I, I had one huge fear, and that was that I would lose my freedom. Um, I actually had the, the CTO sign a list of side projects that I had, um, so that I could keep working on them. I never looked at them again. Mm. and. And also, if you look at Uber, there are so many entrepreneurs working there that you actually do still have a lot of freedom. Like everybody can take initiative, um, everybody can bring up ideas, everybody can start them. Um, There's not a 9 to 5 culture, like people come and go, not as they please, but basically you have that freedom. Um, So I didn't feel that I lost my freedom. No, I think the biggest change is, is how we work. Um, at our agency, we were designing for, for clients and they, didn't, they never had enough budget. So basically we designed their entire apps within a few days. At Uber, every small change that we make has a huge impact. We rarely do projects that do not deliver, say, less than 10 million, and sometimes it's hundreds of millions. So taking the time to really perfect that feature that you're building, um, is really worth it, so we often take months. Um, And then also you have to take into account that the the world that Uber is operating in is much more complex, generally, than the apps we designed for Dutch customers.
0: Yeah, it must be quite a tough job, actually, to design for Uber, a company that has so many cultures, uh, audiences, countries that I have to incorporate in their design. Um, What is a typical design challenge for you? that sense. So I
1: I think that the first important thing to note is that um, the difference between designing at Uber and and designing at most other tech companies. Um, With most tech companies your experience is is 100% or 99% digital With Uber, your experience is actually waiting for your car, waiting for your food, getting into a car uh, with somebody that you don't know. And for drivers, this this happens like multiple times, 20, 30 times a day, um, that some stranger gets into their car. So we are designing for this offline experience. And we're basically only utilizing the apps to to sort of steer that in in the right direction. But where most apps want you to keep the app open for as long a period as possible because they want to show you ads, um, we would love for you to only have the app open for a few seconds and be confident that we can have a car for you ready within a few minutes.
0: Right. How do you test your designs with so many countries and drivers, consumers? Yeah. How
1: does that work? So the Uber app. Is, is the same all around the world. Um, but depending on the location where you open it, you will see different things, you will see different options, uh, also depending on what kind of user you might be. Um, and so while the app is the same, the experience differs differs a lot. And you have to take into account that when you look at different cities in different countries, people get around in different ways. Some, some cities have great public transit. Um, In some cities, everybody bikes. Um, Other cities, like Los Angeles, are really car cities. Um, And there's huge differences between culture. Like in some cities, um, some classes will never take public transit. Um, Also, there's huge differences in in how people generally pay for services. Um, Uber was launched with a seamless paying experience uh, using credit cards. But even here in the Netherlands, only about 50% of the people Actually, have credit cards and we only use them to pay for our plane tickets if you look at India or South America less than 2% of the people have credit cards just you have to do something entirely different right. um, and therefore actually in, in more than 200 cities in the world we, we started accepting cash payments
0: right, so you have local issues basically so what is you are based in Amsterdam um, what are what is the team in Amsterdam working on what are typical challenges or projects for them
1: yeah So um, the total office in Amsterdam is, I think, about 500, 600 people. A lot of it is operations and human resources. We have a tech team of about 100 people. And they are mostly concerned with payments in the broadest sense of the word. So how do people for their ride, um, but also how do we pay the drivers? And I say broadest sense of the word because there are so many challenges there that people don't think of. Say in in South America, about 40% of our drivers don't have bank accounts. Um, And if you look at cash payments, then um, when you look at that experience of cash payments, you can immediately see that it's not seamless. Um, Not as, as the first experience that many people had and why Uber was magical. What you don't want is at the end of the trip, give a driver $10 for an $8 trip. And then just wait until the, he gives you that change, and he starts rummaging around and, ho- and hopes that you lose your patient and, and just get out of the car. Um, so we, we have to design something for it to make that experience a little bit more seamless. And actually, that's something that we are experimenting with with uh, cash changes credits. So you would get that change as credits towards your next ride.
0: Right. So in the seamless experience that you're designing. What is a project, uh, a project that you're most proud of, that you've worked on?
1: Hmm. I, I, I think we're proud of, of many, many different projects. Um,
0: for you personally, what was the challenge that you conquered?
1: So I, I think cash has brought huge change uh, to Uber. Um, it, it was a real boost to our growth, and so really r- important for us. Um, so I'm proud of that. Um, I think, in general, if you if you look at how we um, started designing over the years, for how we how we learned to design for our different users around the world. So we we very recently launched a new app for drivers. So if you look at the history, the first driver app that I designed in two thousand nine uh, was used for like four or five years with. Pretty minimal changes. Okay. Um, so done by one person. Then the second driver app was built by I think 30 engineers. The last one was done by more than 100 engineers. So what brings this change and, and, and why do we uh, redesign an app and how do we do it? Um, first off, what you see happening over the years is that with so many different teams at Uber working on driver and rider apps, we just start adding features and at some point it becomes cluttered. And so every year or two we have to look at it and say like, this doesn't work anymore. The old framework that we had doesn't work. And so the way that we tackled this uh, in the recent driver app redesign is we did bottom-up resourcing of what do we want in the the future driver app. So all the different teams started thinking about um, features that they wanted to change or that they wanted to add. We have operational te- teams in 600 cities around the world that regularly talk to drivers that have input. Um, we have researchers around the world who would actually go and talk to these drivers, uh, often go to their homes, interview them, take ride-alongs. Um, and that brought a lot of input in, into new features and how we should change things. So then a small core team at Uber um, designs the, the framework. Um, just a, a general information architecture of, of um, where the different features should be fitting. Then uh, all the different teams, and we have, I think, hundreds of teams at this point with, with different missions. Like some are responsible for the for the navigation, other for displaying the earnings or, or handling the payments. Um, they they then take that framework and start developing their own features, um, and then we do very extensive testing. So we. We literally built a prototype of that driver app with every single feature in Framer. Um, And we took that around the world and showed it to a lot of different drivers to get their feedback and and use that to iterate on the product.
0: Right. Must be. Quite a challenge to do that whole global redesign that you led, uh, basically. Um, I was, there I was also, not also No, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just try to do your PR a little bit here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, was there also uh, a, a failure there, like something, a mistake you made that you learned from?
1: Oh yeah, there there, there were quite a few, probably. Uh, but uh, one one very interesting one, and this this shows how how local cultures come into play, is. Um, we, we first found that all the drivers really wanted to um, uh, immediately see what they earned after the trip. They wanted to know and make sure that, that they earned money that trip. And so we, we displayed that like right at the top of the screen, uh, and as they end the trip, it, it would update with, with the latest amount. But what we found that in some countries uh, Egypt, for example, um, drivers very much disliked that passengers could potentially see those earnings as well. Because in some cultures, like actually seeing Mm -hmm. what the other person earns can bring bad luck. So for these drivers, we added a feature to to hide those earnings.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, I see that we already have to round up. Um, What I would like to ask you, we have a room full of entrepreneurs and also a lot of designers probably. Uh, Do you have any personal advice that you would like to share with them?
1: So, I I talk to a lot of designers who who apply for jobs at Uber and and, and please do. We have a great office here in Amsterdam. Um, But many don't make our application process and what I often tell them is um, most Dutch designers, they, they come from agency experience. And I really advise them to, at some point, preferably early in their career, join a larger tech company to learn the differences in the design process. Learn what kind of difference it makes to get four months to design a future a feature um, instead of four days. Right. Um, that experience is super valuable.
0: Okay. Thank you, Yella. Thank you for your time. Thank you. um,